everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On today's episode, I'm going to walk you through my journey of leaving the label of Evangelical Christian and discovering a new name for my belief in Jesus Christ. If you've been listening to the last couple episodes, then you know we've talked about tension theology, the awkward middle way, and the theology of me that tends to pervade two sides of Christianity. And today I want to take you guys on a little journey of just my own kind of abandoning the label of evangelical Christian, and then how I discovered a different terminology to use for my Christian faith. And this is something that started about two years ago. I first wrote this blog post that I'm going to read part of to you um, in 2018, January of 2018. And it all started because I found this quote online. I was reading some news articles, and I came across this quote from Michael Steele. And he was the former chair of the Republican National Committee. And he was really angry with the way some evangelical Christians were defending President Trump. And he said, I have a very simple admonition at this point. Just shut the hell up and don't ever preach to me about anything ever again. I don't want to hear it. What he said just haunted me. I was just, my breath was caught and I was like, wow, I totally get where he's coming from. This man has a point. And just a day or two later, I found a Facebook post by Greg Steer. and He's the founder of a ministry called Dare to Share. And it specializes in just teaching people how to share the gospel, really clear gospel. It was hugely instrumental in my own life. It's something that we used when we were in youth ministry with our teens. It's just a really great organization. But he's posting on Facebook and he's kind of just wondering, he says, what could be a new word for evangelical that still means theologically orthodox and actively evangelistic, but doesn't come with the political and cultural baggage? Hashtag just wondering. And so as I read these two quotes, and I just started thinking about my own feelings about evangelical Christianity and just political way it's been used and just all of that, I wrote this blog post. And I'm going to read part of it to you right now. It says, if you read my blog, you will know that I'm not a progressive liberal. I lean conservative. I take a literal stand on biblical interpretation. But I am passionate about truth. And evangelical Christianity needs a healthy dose of truth right now. Guys, we are not being persecuted for our faith. We are being called out for being two-faced jerks. We are being nailed for being hypocrites. We are being condemned for living a lie. They are right, and we are wrong. Evangelicals have been very good at calling out sins, quote-unquote, such as homosexuality and abortion, but at the same time quick to excuse or cover up things like abuse and sexual assault that happen right in our own churches and ministries. We call it protecting the name of Christ. The world looks on and calls it what it is, hypocrisy. We claim to follow a God of love, and yet we refuse to welcome strangers and those in need. We call it protecting our own interests. The world calls us fakes. We are afraid of people who are different from us, so we isolate ourselves and condemn them. The world recognizes our fear as hatred. It might not actually be hatred, but it's definitely not love. And as I posted these kinds of things, it wasn't so much that I was going all social justice warrior or something like that, and I wasn't trying to become something different. I was just seeing this just hypocrisy within the evangelical church and especially within political stuff. And so I was just frustrated. And I continued here. I said, people can be passionate about social justice and have never met Jesus. But if we have truly encountered Christ, we absolutely will love people. 
John 13, 35 says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And Jesus never asked us to impose our moralistic views on our culture. We are not mandated by God to create a Christian nation. And yet, so often, that is what has happened within this evangelical culture. And guys, I grew up, oh my gosh, I should tell you some stories. Hey, growing up in my cultic organization, one of the things that they really wanted us to do was to take over politics. And so they had this like whole idea, like if we just took over politics, if we started running for offices and we could change our world that way. And they really had this whole thing figured out. Oh yeah, we're going to change our nation. We're going to bring it back to Christ. We're going to enforce these moral codes on things. And I think that's probably part of why the religious right is so active these days is because there really was this push in like the 90s for them to get super involved. It just makes me cringe now thinking about how we thought we were going to do this with our moralistic ideas and do this kind of stuff. And so I was totally a part of that ultra-religious right as a teenager watching this and saying, oh yeah, we're going to you know, turn this nation back to God, blah, blah, blah. And so as I continued in my blog post, I said, do you know what the Greco-Roman culture was like during the first century? Do you know what kind of darkness those early Christians experienced? But they weren't working on government reform. They were too busy shining like stars. We're missing the entire point, people. Until we figure it out, maybe we need to shut the hell up. It's not just a surface problem. It's not just about issues like gay marriage, abortion, or immigration. Our problem is deep. We need heart transplants. And so as I wrote that almost two years ago now, I was frustrated and I was fed up. And I was like, this is just ridiculousness. And at that point in time, I didn't really understand about the middle way. I hadn't really heard about tension theology or stuff like that. I just knew that what I was seeing wasn't right and that there had to be a different way of doing things. And once again, I didn't want to jump on the next extreme bandwagon and swing over to the far left. I just wanted to find truth. You know, how do I find this truth in tension? And so as I continued my journey with God and just growing and learning and stuff like that, um, about six months ago, I came across a podcast. Actually, it was probably a little before that because I was trying to research podcasts to start my own podcast. And I came across a podcast by Elisa Childers. And she's totally into apologetics and stuff like that. And she interviews a lot of really smart people about Christianity and about the world and like our culture and science. And it's, it's pretty cool. I like her podcast a lot. And so I started learning things from her. And as I'm listening to these really smart professors and people with lots of degrees and people who are highly intelligent, and I'm listening to them talk, and they are also seeming to be in this kind of middle way. And I didn't have that terminology yet either, but I was identifying with some of the stuff they are saying. And then at one point in time, they used this term. They called themselves historical Christians, also known as Orthodox Christians or traditional Christians. And as they were defining this term, they said, we really just stick to these founding creeds. That's our main focus, is that we focus on these creeds, and then we kind of let everything else just be what it is, and we just learn to get along with each other. But our main focus is on these foundational orthodox beliefs, the Christian faith. And creeds are something that evangelicals have kind of lost sight of, honestly. The higher churches have more use for them. They quote them and they share them in the liturgy and stuff like that. But as evangelicals, we've kind of just lost sight of them. And I think by losing sight of these creeds, we're kind of losing sight of our framework, the things that are actually grounding us to the historical Christians in our past. 
What is it that really has made Christians Christians for the last 2,000 years? And that's really these creeds. And so as I was looking up some of these creeds, I came across the Apostles' Creed, and I've heard it before. There's songs that are sung about it, but I want to read it to you guys. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell, and third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. And that Catholic is not referring to the Roman Catholic Church, but is the true Christian church of all times and all places. And that's the Apostles' Creed. And as I started researching creeds, there's actually probably even earlier creeds than that. Um, many people think that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul is actually quoting um, a creed, a very early creed. And they think this because just the way it's recorded, it suggests it's a quotation rather than original thought. So here that is. He says in chapter 15, verses 3 through 7, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. Okay, this is just a beautiful discovery to me that I can define myself as somebody who believes in these orthodox historical truths of the faith and yet can kind of discard this politically baggaged label of evangelical. Do I still believe in orthodox faith? Yeah, absolutely. Am I still passionate about sharing that faith and belief in Jesus with others? Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess that kind of makes me evangelical. But as far as the whole political baggage and religious baggage that surrounds that terms, no, I'm not going there anymore. And the thing I love about being a historical Christian is that it just seems to be not as offensive to people. Right before I wrote this blog post, I actually went on a field trip with one of my children and I rode with another parent who is not a believer, but somehow we got talking about like what we believe religiously and stuff like that. And so I was able to use this term. I shared a little bit of my story of just being burned by religious Christianity as a kid and stuff like that. And then I just said, now I'm just considering myself a historical Christian. I just kind of explained what that meant. And it was super interesting because there was not any pushback or shutdown that I've experienced before when I've shared. And he was kind of interested in what I had to say. And he was encouraged to ask more questions. And I thought it was like, wow, that's so interesting. I love that. And so I love the fact that being a historical Christian ties me to the last 2000 years of church history. I love that it connects me to my brothers and sisters in different denominations. As long as we have the same core beliefs and these creeds, like we're connected. It doesn't matter if we worship differently. It doesn't matter if we have other extra things that we do or don't do. Like we are able to be connected because we believe in these core truths of this historical Christianity. I love that it doesn't distance me from people or set me apart politically. Like it doesn't tell you anything. If I tell you I'm a historical Christian, you have no idea what I believe about politics, what I believe about um, social justice, what I believe about any of that. You have no clue. All you know is that I believe in the historical Christianity or like the core truths of Christianity. And I love that because I feel like evangelical Christian has just become so 
polarizing. And so like you automatically assume things about people because they're an evangelical. And so I love that my new label, which I mean, it's just a label. It's not a big deal. It doesn't really change anything about who I really am inside. But I love being able to say that, call myself a historical Christian and connect myself with, like I said, all people in the past. And people and brothers and sisters in different denominations, whether it's, you know, the Anglican Church or the Lutheran Church or even the Catholic Church. Like if we're believing these same core truths about God and about Jesus and about people and about life, like that connects us. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And I love that. And I love that it kind of sets me apart from the more liberal progressive movement without being negative. Like I can say, like, I'm a historical Christian mean that I believe these historical truths, which, you know, sometimes they don't believe all of those. But at the same time, I'm not setting myself up to say, like, I'm against you. I, I just I just like it. So as we're finishing up this whole series on like tension theology and the middle way and stuff like that, maybe you also find yourself identifying with this terminology of being a historical or orthodox Christian. And maybe you're like me, where you feel like you're just kind of muddling around in this middle way where you don't fit in with either side. And this just gives you an opportunity to say, hey, there's my tribe. Like we all want to belong. We all want to know where we fit. And so if we're just these middle way muddlers who call ourselves Orthodox Christians or historical Christians, at least we know who we are. And it's not so much that a label matters, but it is nice. It's nice to know who you are. It's nice to know what you believe. And so that's me. I am going to be a historical Christian. I'm going to believe in these core truths, these creeds, and I'm going to let the other stuff go. And some of that I might believe and you don't believe, but that's okay because we believe in the core, the core things that really unite us as a believer. And I love that. And I can learn from you and you can learn from me and we can accept each other and give each other grace and we can learn and it's good. Next week, I have a special single episode for you before we jump into a next series about spiritual abuse the church, and watching out for false teachers. So that'll be fun. But next time, we're going to just do something simple, something encouraging that I hope really blesses you and just helps you to feel loved. So until then, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.